What's going on out there? This is the Turn Two Terribles podcast. Uh, it is April 25th. This is episode four, live streaming, coming to you live. Uh, I'm Jimmy Barr. I'm here with Josh Aaron and Chris Lynn. We are the Turn Two Terribles. We got a couple topics here to talk about this week. Uh, of course, we had NASCAR at Dega. You know, Dega's always a great, great weekend. Uh, perfect weather down there. Great racing. We're going to talk a lot about that. We also had a big dirt week here in PA. Uh, Chris and myself went to a bunch of races this week. We have a lot to talk about there. Uh, we also had the NSRL season uh, wrap up. We're going to talk a little bit about that, who won, and some information for about next season. And we're going to take a look at this upcoming week. So uh, let's get into NASCAR here, guys. How, uh, first of all, how you guys doing? You guys doing good? Doing Feeling great. Nice? Doing, doing good? great. Feeling terrible. It was a very, Always. very busy uh, weekend of racing. For sure. For sure. I think Josh is the only one I got to stay on his couch and watch <laughs> yeah. it all. First of all, we're on the road. We're getting too old for that. Yeah, I was going to say, I was uh, I was okay today, but man, four four races would have been rough. Three yes, was Yesterday was rough. Yeah, <laughs> he was, I was super jealous at first seeing that, you know, all the races y'all were going to go to this week. And then about Sunday hit, and I was like, I don't. I wonder how exactly. soon the fun runs out on that. Where no, it ran out as soon as you're not going to that race. So like for me, sitting there knowing I couldn't go to Sealands Grove, I was like hoping it started raining. It just pissed <laughs> off. But I also was partially happy that I wasn't going because I'm like another hour drive, and I have it easy compared to Jimmy. Right. Um, but yeah, well, we could probably help ourselves if we wouldn't drink so much. But that just takes away the terribleness. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it wasn't so bad because most. The two out of the three races I went to were within a half an hour of me, and then Port Royal was only like an hour, so I didn't have as much driving, probably as much as you, Chris. So I mean, I had two hours, seven minutes, fifty minutes, so I can't be too mad. <laughs> it even got me in. <laughs> well, first, let's talk NASCAR here. Um, start with the Xfinity race. You had Noah Gregson win, uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt in that number three, the black number three, the famous number three. Uh, crew chief by Larry Mack finished second. Um, triple overtime, crazy race. Uh, well, what do you guys think, Josh? What do you think? I know you were I th- pretty. I think. Uh, I think Earnhardt second was a big deal with Larry Mack, but I think the point that a lot of people missed is, you know, the Earnhardt name is still alive and very well because a junior motorsports car, car won that race. So the three and Larry Mack was beat out by a junior motorsports car. So, um, and then, you know, you get to the cup and we'll get to that later, but at one point during cup, three out of the four top four drivers were all junior motorsport guys late in the race. So it was cool. I was glad to see Jeffrey Earnhardt get that. I think he did very well. Um, Larry Mack hasn't crew chiefed anything in 25 years and took a car to second. At Dega, I thought so. that was interesting because he hasn't crew chief the car in a long time. How and and everybody how said much, how much did he actually do? Was it well, like oh, a glorified role? But no, saying... everybody said that he took it super serious. And when they left uh, last week, they didn't get home till three o'clock, and he was in the shop Monday or Monday morning at six o'clock, working on the car and meeting with everybody. So I mean, he kind of jumped right back into. I mean. I'm sure it was fun for him, but I don't think Larry Mack does anything like that and doesn't take it serious. Right. And look at, like, 
yeah, he hasn't worked on the cars, but he's been doing the Fox broadcast thing for all these years, especially the way he does now. He's literally the crew chief for Fox. Um, so he's kind of familiar with the cars and the way he does homework. He never probably lost a step. He just wasn't putting in all the grueling hours till the wee hours of the morning. He probably on car. he probably sees more because you know he's in the garage all the time anyway. And when you're you know kind of sequestered to one team, you don't really get to see what the other guys are. But you know with him at Fox, he probably gets to see a lot more than he ever did when he. Yeah, you know, he sees, you know, the everything. Best. For sure, it reminds me of um, like how in the NFL or or just in other sports where you have commentators in the booth and they get jobs to be a GM or a coach. Yep. Like, really? He's going to go from the booth to being a coach? And sometimes it turns out, like, John Gruden went back, you know, and that type of stuff. So I thought it was interesting. It's, obviously, he's not going to do it full-time. That'd be cool if he did. <laughs> but, yeah, he, um, you know, the I think the other big takeaway for me was uh, Almondinger uh, winning the Dash for Cash, uh, his second of the year. I mean... He's probably made almost as much money as a lot of these other bigger teams just winning dash for cash. Yeah, I wonder how that actually works with the team. Does a team get it? Does he get it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's some incentive bonuses and stuff, but for the whole team. I remember Dale Jr. Download, if I remember right, they were talking about it. They just kind of give it to the driver, I believe, and it's up to him to decide if he passes it on to the crew member. I think it was last year. Could be wrong, but they were talking about like when they won it, when Gragson won it. It's up to him to do whatever he wanted with it. You would not want to and... be on my crew. Taking <laughs> <laughs> that money and giving <laughs> you the old, giving you the old plow. See Thanks, boys, see you on Sunday. Is the last dash for cash then? Was it this race or is it Dover this week? Um, I think there's I two know more. They usually do it at Dover. I think there's two. I'm not sure. I think there's two more. Okay. Over might, kind of, you know, it reminds me of the Winston Million back in the day, which they don't do anymore. It just kind of gives you something else to watch, and it, you know, especially, I mean, this week wasn't so much, but you know, these lately you've had some Ty Gibbs dominated races, gives you, you know, something else to watch back in the pack. You know, another, you know, the races heat up back there. Hey, what happened to Ty Gibbs? Oh, so, he, uh, he got wrecked out. Um. I don't know lab. He got wrecked out fairly, fairly early in the race, but just you know, there was a lot of aggressive pushing in that race. Just same as Cup, but mm-hmm. uh, he got he got taken out, and he was he was dominant when he was in there, but he got he might have gotten taken out in Austin Hill wreck. Um, oh, okay. With Austin yeah, Hill, Austin, Austin Hill wreck with about four to go. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's overtime. I mean, I mean, you wouldn't really expect anything less at Vega with the Xfinity cars. You know, look at how crazy Martinsville and some of those other races have been this year. Wouldn't expect anything less from from Vega. You know. Yep. Um. You know, another one. Just another shout out to another iRacer was Landon Castle. Uh, he finished P four. Was I think a thousandth of a second away from beating Almondinger for the Dash for Cash, but still, you know, a top five for Landon's a huge deal. You know, I think he's going to get a win this year. He's in good equipment. He's been knocking on the door at every track. I mean, he's been up in the top ten. Equipment helps a lot in the Xfinity Series. Don't get me wrong, but this is definitely the best opportunity he's had, and it's good to see him get it because he's definitely put in a lot of work and and been through. A lot more than what some other drivers have had to go, go through just to stay 
with a ride, you know, and, and keep racing at this level. You know, it, it's he's been racing for a long time. I mean, I think his first cup race or whatever was like 10 years ago. So he's been around for a while and it's good to see him have this opportunity, albeit in the Xfinity series, but he even had a chance in the cup series this week. And, yep. you know, it's good to see. Uh, anything else from the Xfinity race of note? No, I don't. I mean, I don't believe so. No Graxon won. Great win for him, but there's plenty more. No Graxon wins coming, I think, in Xfinity. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's really definitely turning into really a three headed monster right now for the title. I mean, you got Ty Gibbs, who's probably the best car week in, week out. Um, just that inexperience with him is gonna can hurt him you know you got noah gregson who has an also really good equipment has a little bit more experience in the xfinity series might help him and then you got the veteran in, in almondinger who's just so consistent top yep. five every week you know he actually almondinger he doesn't have a win this or he has only one win does he have one win i think he has one win yeah he but he he's leading the points over a guy Coda, like yeah, yeah. multiple wins and Noah Gregson, who has, who has multiple wins now, because he's been so consistent. He's yep. not getting these DNFs. You know, he's just up in the top five all all year. So you get a nice little it's a nice little spectrum. You got the young guy, another young guy, but kind of probably more towards the end of his expanding career, looking for a cup ride, and then a guy who's been there and seen it all. It's really cool to see. And that that's one cool thing about the Xfinity series too is you get that mix. You know, it's you know. You guys, right. you know, you get even the truck series is starting to turn in that a little bit, but um, I, I don't know. I like it. It makes it right. interesting. It's kind of how how like the Bush series back in the day was. What made it great was you had those Jason Kellers that were like there every week, experienced yeah. guys. Those uh, David Greens, where they would just be there. Scott Riggs, they were all guys that were up and coming. And there's the other guys that were just they're good. We're at second tier. A level in, in America, and they're happy with it, and they're showing all these young guys how to race and, and be respectful in the track and everything like that. Um, I think that was lost over the last few years in trucks and Xfinity. It's cool seeing that come back a little bit where guys are like, we'll take a top tier truck ride or uh, Xfinity ride just to get that experience and things like that. Yep. So, moving on to Cup here, uh, we had Ross Chastain with the win in a Pretty wild finish, you know, typical Dega. Yep. Um, pretty good race from what it seemed like. Um, yeah, Dale Jr. up in the broadcast booth. Broadcast was definitely a lot better. But um, who who caught your eye, Josh, at the cup race? I, th- I think the the best car out there, the most dominant one all day, um, was Eric Jones. You know, he was up there. He was running with Fords, Toyotas. You know, at one time the Hendrick. They had all four of their cars lined up, but Eric Jones was running right with them. Um, whatever line he went to just worked. Um, I think he was extremely fast. Uh, he, I think he was the most impressive. He didn't get, you know, didn't. I'm sure he didn't finish where he wanted, but he still, I th- he finished, you know, sixth. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, he was he was the car to beat all day. Um, just didn't, you know. He had manufacturer help up front, but he didn't have any teammate help up front at all. So, again, Bubba Wallace also continued doing super speedway Bubba Wallace things. He won stage one. 
he may have been the fastest of the Toyotas most of the race. He was one of the few that could get up there and shake it up even without all the help and things like that. And he kind of he kind of got jammed. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if Kurt Busch doesn't barely clip there come the line. He had a full run. Mm-hmm. He he might get back to second. He could even maybe get the win there. He had a full head of steam after that whole turn three and four thing with Truex. So, um, as always, I mean, it's good to see twenty three eleven actually put together a, a complete race. too. no no issues on the pits. No issues with the car. With cars. Right, right. I mean, they didn't start those wrecks. So they yeah, were yeah. It was like, all coming in the finish line. They right, records and records that they go all the time. Nothing, nothing. I don't think they could have done differently on their end for once. We talk about them having just dumb mistakes, and they didn't have that this time. So that's good for them. Yeah, but you know, I think there is something. You know, there's always going to be that comparison with twenty three eleven and Trackhouse starting the same time. Two very similar teams. Trackhouse is dominating. I mean, Trackhouse well, is dominating some of the bigger but, teams. But they're a Chevy, and the yeah. Chevys have been dominant yeah. last year. And with this new car, something about those Chevys, they remember they had those down years, and they figured it out last year where there was late race last year where Larson couldn't even be touched or Elliott or whoever. Yeah. It was just a Hendrick on Hendrick race. I would also say Trackhouse had a little bit of an advantage because they bought out Chip Ganassi. So they got a lot of those yeah. people. They got Ross Chastain because of it. They're not per se a brand new race team. They're not really. Right. They're, they're, they were a brand new race team and they've not, not taken anything away from them because 2311 was brand spanking new. I know that they're aligned with Gibbs, but there's not a lot of Toyotas out there to yep. begin with. There's much more Chevys. It's, I think half the series is almost Chevy. Right. So, and you figure the gap's looking worse now because Chastain has gone out and gotten two wins. But if you look at last year's Suarez and, and Wallace, they weren't terribly far apart okay. most races. They were dead even and this year if you look at if Bob Wallace could catch a break on some of these races I mean they were off a few but it was like just dumb things happening to either him or we get Kurt Busch having that issue um they gotta clean that stuff up for sure but I think they're a lot closer than they appear right you know the the first half of this race before he kind of got caught up in some stuff Suarez had a really good run he just Again, he got yeah. caught up in some stuff and he's gonna win right races here off. soon too yep I think I think for sure he's going to win a race, and maybe it's a road course, maybe not. But hey, they've shown speed everywhere this year. It's it was funny. Not fluke. This was uh, probably I had the the scanner on the scanner app, and it's probably the only time you'll ever hear Kyle Busch laugh and be happy about a third place win. But uh, as he came across the line, he was cheering for a third place win because I mean, I, coming to it, I think he was ten back, twelve back. And even Chastain, after he won, he came over the radio and he was like, I didn't do anything. I just stayed on the bottom. <laughs> I stayed straight and they all moved out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. One person I was really impressed with, my guy that I was impressed with, Kyle Larson. I mean, he's never, uh, I think that was Cliff Daniels' first finish at Talladega as a crew chief. And Larson's never had a top five at a super speedway before he got it. He was up there. He was leading laps. He was one of the faster cars, especially when those Hendrick cars got linked together. It seemed like uh, he was, he ran up there all day. So, uh, you know, and I thought that was kind of interesting too. Usually at Talladega, you have comers and goers and you had that, but you didn't really have too many guys like fall from like fifth, at least not that I know of, like yeah. just fall back to 30th and come right back up yep. and keep going back and forth like that. It's a lot of people kind of kept their position while they're still racing. You had a couple people drop out, but 
not like it was a couple years ago. It was think... it was very interesting too. You know, there was a lot of nobody wanted to give up track position at all. I think I'm pretty sure I don't think Eric Jones ever changed his left side. He never took really? left sides the entire race because nobody wanted to give up track position. Um, I think there was three or four cars that at the end of stage one took all four um, and they lost a lot of track position and ended up getting caught up and stuff. And so after that, nobody nobody wanted to give up track position. And Eric Jones, I'm pretty sure, never changed his left sides. That's and that's pretty crazy because I thought I thought I saw something on Twitter about people talking about in Xfinity the tire wear was becoming an issue. Yep. And because the surface is old now, it's almost twenty years old, and you know they thought they were probably going to have the same problem in Cup, but apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have to change tires the entire race, then good year makes a matter. hell of a tire. Yeah. I, the, <laughs> I know the other sneaky one was we talked about him just always being there. Austin Dillon P two. I mean just. Week after right. week, finding himself in a top five, top three, and he's just—they're yeah. right there. The parody is definitely alive and well in the Cup Series, and I think it's good. I think that's partial because of, obviously, with the new car. But I—I I think we saw some of that last year. We started seeing Trackhouse get stronger and stronger. Uh, Richard Childress get stronger. Some of these other teams start to get a little bit stronger. Where we had a little bit more parody throughout the field, maybe not. You know, a ton of different winners, but I mean, this year it's been, it's been pretty crazy to see. I thought I think it's it's good for the sport. Um, obviously, Talladega was a lot of fans in the stands. They had sixty thousand there, which is great. You know, it was it was so weird, like watching the start of that race, and you see like the the front stretch grandstands, and it almost took you back to like early two thousands, where yep. the way they had the camera angles at it was just people the whole yep. way through, and it's. For everyone saying NASCAR is dying, I know it's Talladega. That's still a draw to anybody, but it's so um, good. It's, anything positive about the sport is right. Positive. That's and that's not the first race where it's kind of been that way. No. Um, like Martinsville just about sold out a couple weeks back. Uh, mm-hmm. Bristol Dirt still had a, it looks empty because Bristol can hold like a quarter hundred thousand people, right? <laughs> and they they got sixty or eighty, which is still a lot of people to be there. Yep, um, especially on Easter Sunday, right? So. I think it's interesting interesting for the sport to kind of see that much turnout. And they said the camping was sold out for the first time in a long time. And that's a big infield. There's a lot of camping. So let's see what's like another how many thousands of people. You know, the thing I was thinking about this weekend too is, I don't know if it helps attendance or not, but I think the days of the last couple of years of basically win and be in the playoffs are over. I mean, right now, half the playoff spots are taken. Yep. Right. So, and there's I mean, still a it, bunch of guys that haven't there's a bunch won of that good, are probably yep. going to. Like yep. Reddick, one, one point out right now, and he probably should have, well, he definitely should have won Bristol Dirt. Um, He's been up there every week, too. It's only about time that he wins. There's Kurt Busch is out. They're like the first, and Eric Jones, they're the first three out right now. Mm-hmm. And they've been somewhat consistent all year. Consistency's not going to do it. You got to get that win. Or Two maybe multiple. I'll say, yeah, maybe multiple wins. I think, I mean, I think at this point, the only people that know for sure they're going to the champ, the playoffs is Ross Chastain and William Byron. Everyone else, Chase Elliott probably points. He's going to hopefully win. It, there's a Noble. lot of drivers out there who haven't won yet. I mean, you have, um, you have Chase Elliott. Ryan Blaney hasn't won yet. Uh, 
I mean, a guy like Kozlowski could still sneak up. Right. Kevin Harvick's going to sneak up, get him Kevin one. Harvick. Has um, Truex won? No. Truex hasn't won. Christopher Bell hasn't won. Um, yeah. I, I'll, yeah, the only I'll SHR card was. Yeah, the only SHR card that's won is Briscoe. Yeah. Uh, Amarola's sneaky, random yeah. times. Um, Eric Jones, I mean, he's been strong all year. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a win. We talked about Ty Dillon or Austin Dillon. points can win a race. Joey Logano. Joey Logano doesn't have a win yet. Logano hasn't won. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I see a guy, like, if it does come down to, I'm not trying to hate, even though I'm not a fan, but if it does come down to, um, hey, we have over 16 drivers with wins, I think the driver that doesn't make it is probably Austin Cindric. Right. Which, and which he was never expected to really rookie. He won the Tony 500. He doesn't, rightfully so, probably doesn't really care what happens. He hasn't, he hasn't season. run well since, really. I mean, right, he right. That's true. Hasn't really been there, you know. And I, I think I think it's good because you know, no, no disrespect to a guy like Michael McDowell, you know, who is decent. But I mean, that guy wasn't a sixteen, a top sixteen car last year, and took away a spot from. Cars that were running up in the top fifteen pretty yep. much all all year, so I think the more parity, the more different drivers that can win to make it so there's more than sixteen winners, really gives you all right. These are the best cars all year, not a guy who snuck in, who was really would have been twenty eighth in points or whatever it was. Yep. You know, right? So but I, you know the the top two in points right now. We say that the top two in points right now. Neither of them have a win either. Right, right. I, I mean, think three out of the top six don't have wins and points. So, yeah, you know, and it might make you know. I know, Chris, you're not the biggest. Uh, I hate the playoffs. But you hate the playoffs. <laughs> so, like, I hate if you can keep this parity alive, you know, they might be able to change the format in the future where it does reward people who just run consistently. I hate it more, more when it's the win. You're anything because of what you just said, and you do that. I think you take a little bit of that credibility away because you have a guy like a Cindric who's run not great since Daytona. And really, how many laps did he leave at Daytona? Um, All right. I think the Fords are really good there. Right. So <laughs> you're letting these guys in at what cost? You're not getting your, even the, the chase, which I didn't love either because I'm a traditionalist, but at least it was more fair. You still had 10 races straight up, 10 races to – crown your top 10 in points or whatever it was um it still wasn't this because you get the phoenix like look at how many years ago was it now six seven ryan newman never won a race and was in position to win the championship yep just because they i think maybe the first year of this thing the first year of the the knockout format so playoffs are dumb (laughs) one uh one other thing that i wanted to bring up about cup that i forgot about until now um probably haven't seen this in a very very long time but Ross Chastain won with his Coda car at Dega. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. You would never see the same car run right. on a road course as a, as a uh, on a super speedway. That's something insane. next gen's bringing. I mean, yeah. I mean, it says a lot about those cars too, and that that independent rear suspension just being able to completely change the way that car is built just off of the suspension. I mean, it's I'm excited for NASCAR. I think I think this car is going to really help out the NASCAR in the future. For sure. I, I um. What are your thoughts on the 
package because I heard a lot about you know how the old cars used to have their downforce came from basically over top of the car. Now it's coming from underneath underneath of it. And the ground effects, right. And everything is. And I think that's helping and why track position is becoming more important at a super speedway. Um, I don't know what you guys thought about that. Like, uh, now we have two super speedway races under our belt. We kind of see what it is. Like I said, you're not getting the guys that are on one lap dropping back to 30th and then five laps later are able to right. drive right and back it's, up. And they kind of covered it. They did a really good job, Larry Mack, doing the broadcasters explaining that. The way that diffuser works has the air all choppy, getting it out from underneath the car, forcing it onto the nose of the other car, which just eats it up, is what right. the Boyer said. Versus the old package, everything was forced up over the car. You get this giant hole, and you could suck right up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much anymore. Now, and that's why the track position is, I think it helps on non-super speedways. But on a super speedway, you don't have that massive hole where you could be the last car in line, and you just go 2,000 Dale Earnhardt, Two last, eighteenth, the first, and I don't think that's fair to have that. You know, it's so it make it more of a race. If you can't go back to the eighties, where you know fastest car won, you're never going to have that. But this is closer to it. If you have a good handling car and work the race properly, you may not get gobbled up by that pack on the last lap. They're going to have to do something yep. to move you or or get that run in time. Right? It's, I think it's closer to like when Dale Junior was dominating in that oh six oh three era where like. One car, if you were well handled or cheated up, whatever you want to do it, um, could dominate a race, right? So um, I think that's unique. I think I like it. Yeah, so far. I agree. I agree. I, I I'm I'm excited for um, some of the more intermediate tracks, these short tracks. Uh, you know, they're going to work on the package still a little bit, work on the suspension, but um, the races that I think these things are going to be able to put on when we go to Dover. You know, we go to mm-hmm. Darlington. I mean, I think we've got some really good races. I think it's making mile and a half great again. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I've, I've been a big fan of the mile and a half. So I know they're cookie cutter, but I, I always thought they, they can put on really good racing, um, given the right conditions and everything. And and this new car, I think, is going to help with that. You know, um, I think, um, and it brings so many different types of racing. It really magnifies different types of strategies and um, I don't know, just different type of racing. You can you can race with it, you know. It's right. You know, you still have your pitch strategy. You got to save your you know normal racing, especially NASCAR racing. Still have that normal strategy, but you can you can race a lot of lot more now. You know, well, it's and, it's put a lot back in the driver's hands too. You know, yes. it it's really shifted back to. I felt like last year, the last couple of years, it just really felt like the driver was just a passenger. You know, it was all strategy. It was all um, arrow. It was, you know, not get rubbed, just protect mm-hmm. your car. And now it's just go out there and drive the shit out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. How about the broadcast? We had Dale Jr. obviously in there. Obviously, everybody loves Dale Jr. I think he brings a lot to the... I know we all kind of think he brings a lot to a broadcast. It's definitely one reason why NBC has been far superior in their broadcasting. Not only that, but their presentation is great. Yep. Um, but their pre-race show, they kind of did like a, uh, almost like a college game day-esque yep. type of uh, of pre-race show. They had a desk outside and they had just all these fans behind them. 
I think that's great for the sport of shows. Everybody have a good time. The, yep. the, the, the you get build up to the race. You get more of a feel of the track. You know, you get yeah. or more of a feel of like the excitement around the track. Because on TV, you don't really get the feel of what it's like. You know, the excitement and stuff until mm-hmm. you see like when Fox does it. Until you see the pit walk. You know, that's the only time you really get right. like the feel of what and it's like. If, and that's if people are down in the pits. You know, right. by that time. You know, the fans, the, the general fan, if they even are able to get down the pit lane, you know, they're up in the stands. You yep. know, do it a little bit earlier where they're tailgating, and I think they have something. Yep. Yeah, I think the broadcast, I mean, it could be the Dale Jr. effect, could not be, but it was much better. It was almost like a 180 presentation. Like, yeah. You saw those, they got to get rid of those cartoons. They're creepy and weird, and they're not, I know why they have them. Like, they had them. Junior <laughs> like looked like uh, who was it? Andy May that said it. Said he, looked like, he looked like the white, the white trash Grinch. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So he really did. <laughs> like, but I know they did them during COVID, right? I think because I mean they did a lot of things that way because they couldn't do like the the track day type. I think also stuff. because there's such a um, me thinking marketing. I'm thinking it's because of how popular superhero movies are now. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. I think that's the main reason why. They yeah, higher... It also goes hand in hand with the COVID thing, maybe not being able to get as many good press photos. But there's a I couple the of them reason. out there that, like, I think Denny Hamlin's one. If you look at him, like, he he's got cannons and a six pack. Yeah. It's like, are you? Them look like superheroes. Yeah, exactly. It's not a cartoonist. So, option one, superhero, which is get rid of them. Option well, two, fire your cartoonist. I agree, but it's <laughs> one not of those two things. On NASCAR thing because they did it for, for right. NFL and everything. So. Yeah, right. No, I know it's not. It's, it's just more of like whoever their cartoonist is, fire them, <laughs> or or just get rid of them. But outside of that, I didn't see any of the goofy stuff. I mean. It probably helps when you have Clint Boyer driving Davey Allison's car around pre-race, his 92 uh, Thunderbird. That kind of takes away some chances for you to do goofy, quirky, cheesy things because there's like a big thing here. Um, I think they learned from NBC on that when Dale Jr. was driving. Was it NBC that had the Dale? Or was it Fox last year when they had Dale Jr. drove the Wrangler car? I'm pretty sure it was NBC. Yeah, they never showed it. I think Fox learned that lesson because NBC must got burned down for that. but other than that, like, it just a, it was nice. It almost brought the best out of Mike Joy again. Like he's so good, yep. and I think it was the first time that he could actually be Mike Joy. And it and Clint Boyer did. I like Clint Boyer. He did well doing his thing. And Junior fe- kind of they kind of fed off each other that way, but not like in the you know, unprofessional way. But they're just like building on each other, building the moments up, and they let Mike Joy do his job. Kind of how it was when Fox first came around with Larry Mack and and, and DW. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um. Yeah, you had a whole little set where they, Junior and Mike Joy kind of competed on the Talladega facts. That was kind of yeah. funny. Um, it was like where they one upping and all that kind of stuff. But, and it was cool. They got excited. It was a few points where they got um, so excited. They got so mixed up on what they were even talking about, tongue tied. And at one point, Clint Boy, you just hear him like reset and just like, okay. Yep. <laughs> it was like chaos there. There was green flag pit stops. You had Kozlowski locking it up, Kyle Bush and Bell. Like it was, it was a raw broadcast and it, Kind of like with what NBC's that's been talking about. Right. It's the Dale Jr. effect. That's what he brings. That's what makes him in the right. podcast booth. And so I think great. he made them all so much more calmer. And I think if they could just take, even though they won't have Dale Jr., as much as they'd probably love to just have Jr. at every race, NASCAR, take that presentation quality and bring it. Because they didn't even go to, yes. we talked last week about going to commercial at random times. Mm-hmm. Part of that probably because you're prime time on Easter Sunday, so you don't have a choice. 
But you're on Ming, like Big Fox again this week, and they they really didn't go to commercial that often, even for super speed races. Usually the other ones are like they're at commercial all the time, and they missed two laps. So I don't yeah. know what kind of deal they got from NBC for that, but or something uh, they did something was different. Yeah, I, I think they need to do that a little bit more. Also, you know, I think one thing that's been hurting the Fox broadcast and why I like NBC a little a lot more is. You know, it's one reason why I like the F1 broadcast as well, is that it feels like they're like excited. A real sport. Right. It feels right. like you're watching it. Like real, it. An, real analysis. Yep. You're watching. Um, it makes it feel like, big. Like, this not, is happening. Like, this is like a big not, thing. You don't have this corny shit going on. Right. Where they're, they're taking the sport seriously. NAS, Fox has, you know... And they've gotten worse they and worse and worse. Take the meme stuff, like the Talladega Nights aspect of NASCAR, that everybody likes to poke fun at, but it's also kind of haha funny. It draws people in as well. And they leaned into that too hard to the point where they were just doing stupid shit, like just right. really bad, stupid stuff. And you know, taking it back a notch and kind of, hey, do what you do for NFL on Fox, and, and you know, take it a little more seriously. Get you know, get some more of those softer side pieces. Give me more, you know, serious the story of the driver. analysis. Give good criticisms, you know, that type of stuff. Yep. Not everything is hunky dory, ha ha ha. We're just here to drink beer and whatever. You know what I mean? Even though you still have that with Dega and, and NASCAR in general, they leaned into it too much. And I think what they did is instead of they could have easily fell into that same trap with Talladega because that is the most hunky dory track. But yeah. <laughs> they really. I, I don't know. I think they really drew it back a little bit and, and were a little more professional. It didn't feel like, you know, they were poking fun at it. It felt like they were taking it like, like a serious sport. Majority, I, was it the same way for the Xfinity race, too? I didn't, obviously, I had to get to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, the Xfinity so. race was, it was... I think, you know, they maybe focused a little bit too much on Larry Mack. And, you know, it was basically half the race was the Jeffrey Earnhardt tracker. But you know, no, I mean, it was, was it, it was an exciting thing. It's Earnhardt name. I mean, they're doing that for ratings. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. I, I I could see that too because Larry Mack. I mean, he gives them insight th- throughout the races and everything, and they probably had an inside track on what everything was going on. So it's a good story. I, yeah. I don't hate that for one race. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts from Cup, the race in general, before we get into uh, Kyle Busch here? <laughs> the only thing. From the, I mean, the race, I think, was good. Like I said, the finish was Talladega. Scattering, nothing crazy. Just Talladega. Um, kind of leading into the Cowboys stuff. I mean, he did hit Eric Jones coming off the pits, driving like a madman, getting around Gregson, which I guess is how you have to do it. On the green flag, leaving Dega. But I don't think that's going to help the contract stuff at all. <laughs> it's a bad weekend for him. So or, before or a good weekend. Cowboys... Um, he was asked some questions on Saturday after qualifying about uh, the ongoing contract negotiations, him not having a sponsorship really locked up next year since he's losing uh, M&Ms and, and all that Mars, um, you know, which is a big, I mean, they're on the car every week. It's been um, a staple for him. Yeah, it's been a staple for him. It sucks that he's losing them, but, you know, it's it's a good opportunity you know, it's easy to look at the negative, but I think it's a good opportunity. And you could see it with Trackhouse Racing. Trackhouse Racing is bringing in new, bigger sponsors every week of the past yeah. like, three or four weeks. Like Chastain it, said that 
they basically have all their inventory sold. They had like half a season worth of inventory at the start of the year, and it's basically down to like two races. It's great. It's just you a lot of I new think... blood. I mean, it's just new blood, new sponsors. Yeah. You know, I I appreciate how, how good Hendrick is, but how how tired is everybody of seeing the same Hendrick paint schemes for like the last for sure eight years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting sick of Larson's one to be honest. I, I know it's a cool no. throwback tribute, but you know, no. don't tell me Larson can't find sponsorship at this point. I understand they, the they bought it all with him. They bought it all. That now, the William, bought thirty all but two races that Valvoline already agreed to. The William Byron uh, Raptor twenty four, one of the best paint schemes Hendrix ever had. That thing was fire. That yeah, black was, and neon was. green one. And you know what it made everybody do? What the hell is Raptor? And they go and look it up, and they yep. probably got some customers out of it. That's the whole point of sponsorship. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, I think it's a. I don't think it's necessarily negative. I think Kyle Busch is still big of a big enough of a name, uh, good enough of a driver to bring in. Yeah, he might not have one. I think the days of having one sponsor all year is are pretty much gone. You know, unless you're somebody like Kyle Larson who's getting basically sponsored by the owner of the of the, you know, but. I think, yeah, it's good. I think Kyle Busch can bring in sponsors. They're probably working on it. It's just if Kyle Busch doesn't have a ride locked up next season, it's kind of hard for him to bring in sponsors. How you bring in a sponsor if you yeah. don't know what your ride's going to be? And that's so kind of something. You got to figure that out soon. You could tell when he was getting asked questions on Saturday about it. Um, he was getting a little irritated. He didn't go full Kyle Busch or anything, but like he got asked a question like, if you don't get a contract, you know, are you going to retire? You know, if it doesn't happen at Joe Gibbs, he's going to find a ride somewhere. But the the it, the picture's being framed, I think, as he's going to be done if he doesn't get back go back with Joe Gibbs because there's nowhere for him to go. I think there's an interesting interesting thought there. So I saw today. I guess there's a there is some sponsors and close to deals for Kyle Busch. They have to get clearance from like three or four of their upper management people to approve it before they can do anything else. So that's good. But say he leaves Gibbs, I mean, where do you where do you guys think he's gonna go? It depends what's open. He'll find a ride though. A, a team will make room for him. He's still one of the top drivers in the series. He could drive anything. He's been pretty decent in this car. He's probably been the best Gibbs, Gibbs driver. Yeah, for car. sure. No, I agree. I, and I, and you know he's adapting to a quick. They're getting practice back, which obviously makes him better. Uh, he's still a guy that we're talking about every week regardless of if he's, if he's winning or not. Uh, as long as he wants to be in the Cup Series for the next couple of years, I think he's got to ride wherever. I think a place will find him. I'm, I can see him. If I had well, to pick some hot takes only here, go for him. Stuart Haas, number four. That's that's not even hot enough. I think he'd take... That one, he, that's actually a really hot take. The number four, you threw that nugget in there. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> Harvick retires. Uh, Kyle Busch goes there. That's... that's, that's I could see Cole Custer getting out if he doesn't get us some sponsorship there. I mean, there is an Almarola ride every week. There is an Almarola. So there's at least one Hoscar. Yeah. But, you know, you still have what's his, uh, Ryan Priest kind of back there doing the Alex Bowman. You also have um, Riley Herbst in the Xfinity series who drives for them. Stop it. Riley Herbst. Also, they're going to want to bring Haley Deegan up soon. No. No. Riley Herbst. Riley Herbst has got to go. If Riley Herbst got the monster. Sponsorship. Come on. It might, might not be a permanent solution, but it could be for a year or something. 
college. Can, if he has the money, and that's the big thing. If he has the money backing, right, yeah, no spot right now to deny it. Turned up, right. Do you think Unless, Kyle Bush will go to college? Like, I mean, that's my thing. I, Kyle college Bush or track a, house? I'll say he has an ego. He's, go to track house. he's not gonna go somewhere that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna he's gonna require these multi-million dollar teams to give you know him the technology and to give him the shot that he has right now. I don't well, think he goes by track house right now. Right. So, and colleague is got the same kind of energy as track house. Once they get more up there, like, I mean, Haley looked better once he develops more. I don't know. They built that Xfinity program up. Cause I mean, you know, he's not going to Hendrick. He burnt that bridge. There's nowhere to go with Hendrick anyway. Penske. He's not a guy. He's Hendrick not a Penske guy. The obvious one. It's so obvious. And we talked about I said 2311. 2311 when Kurt, his brother retires so they can bring up Ty Gibbs. That's most likely 95% what's going to happen. Right. I mean, that was the next one I was going to, but because yeah. Toyota doesn't want to lose him. But if I'm going to get his Cowboys, going to go back to Chevy. I, I doubt it. Not the way they threw him out see... the club for Dale Jr. I could see if Chris Buescher doesn't make the playoffs this year, maybe they look a different route there, and maybe he goes over there. Can you imagine him and Brad Keselowski as teammates? <laughs> Man, the Brad Keselowski of you know, the Brad's a smart dude. I that think is a he would spicy see, take. He would be a good opportunity right there, you know, to really help that team. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, uh, but. <laughs> We got a wild Zarfos in here. <laughs> we had to drag him out. He's going to screw up our stream here. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what it was. Um, but no, I think I, 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 I do think that that's a. I don't think anything's outside of the possibility. Was what caught me off guard about his comment was is he didn't say, um, you know, go ask, go talk to Joe Gibbs Racing or. You know, that's on Joe Gibbs Racing. He made it personal. He was like, you need to go talk to Joe Gibbs. You know, and as soon as he said it like that, I think everybody picked up on it and was like, okay, something's, something's brewing here. I don't think so. I don't, I think we're just looking too much. I, that's me. I think the media is just blowing it out of proportion. I think there's just a lot of stuff to work out there. When he does, Since he doesn't have sponsorship locked up necessarily, it, it's going to be hard for Joe, especially with Joe Gibbs looking to move his grandson up yeah you know it, it's gonna be hard and and you know seabell's not going anywhere most likely maybe truex leaves but you know the, that 18 is iconic joe gibbs and that's the ride that's he wants to put ty in yep so yeah i could see there being a little bit of animosity there but i think it's just being a little blown out of proportion it's way too early in the season to be thinking about that uh, this hard and and yeah, there's a lot that could happen here. And so he could get a monster deal next next week. You know, some huge company right. out of nowhere, and you know, Boeing or somebody like that comes in, and Elon Musk and Twitter uh, do uh, <laughs> sponsor the Kyle Busch car. You know, and then he's with Joe Gibbs for five more years, right? So <laughs> it might all get blown up next week. He also has his own energy drink company. So I mean, yeah. He can sponsor himself to an extent, yeah. And you know, you know, I know Kyle Busch has his own team in trucks, but you know that's Joe Gibbs backed. So how does that work? If right. He leaves Gibbs. There's yeah. a lot to be worked out there. I just don't think it's 
until they saw people in this new car, they didn't want to sign anything long term with some of these guys. Some guys might change their mind and retire. You know what I mean? I could see a Kevin Harvick retiring. He's always frustrated and just, you know, you know, and then new team owners like Brad Gozlowski and Denny Hamlin, I don't think it's going to take them long either. So who's to say that Toyota doesn't want more cars and cup? You know, who's to say Toyota doesn't yeah. want another, you know, they who's want to, to be up there and run with Chevy's. Who's to say Kyle Busch isn't talking to maybe a new manufacturer who's trying to get into a series and maybe we'll develop something with them. Yep. You never know. No, There's a no, lot of things that can happen. Spicy you know? now, boys. Hey, hey, it could happen. You know, Kyle and, Busch, a Honda confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> and that would make sense, too, because those guys are going to want to bring in a known name. A known name, not a known name, a known name <laughs> in the sport. Kyle Busch is watching this. A guy that's probably on the out that would want to invest some of their money in. Makes sense. I think Chris brought up a good point that you know he that Toyota bloodline with his truck team and everything that Joe Gibbs is helps you know fund Toyota helps fund it. Um, I don't think he wants to lose that, but no, you know maybe. But uh, again, maybe well, Toyota again. wants a different wants a new team. You know, maybe Toyota wants more cars on the track, which they need. We saw it at Dega. Like Jimmy said earlier, like half the series of Chevys, mm-hmm. they got to do something here. And 2311 has, I mean, we saw the blueprint, four cars. Why not go over there, say Kurt Busch retires and Monster goes to Gibbs for Ty Gibbs. Why not go over there with your, you probably couldn't run the Rowdy brand just because it conflicts with Monster, but he would do the same role Kurt Busch is doing now over there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, there's options out there. He's not going anywhere. Even though... I think if anybody at Joe Gibbs that's on the hottest seat, it's Martin Truex. I mean, he's he's good. He brings in sponsorship, you know. But I think he's the guy on the hottest seat. To be honest, I think Kyle Busch has done a lot more for Joe Gibbs than Truex has obviously ever done. So I think Joe Joe Gibbs is a pretty loyal guy to an extent. You know what I mean? So, um. And like I said, with them having that connection with with the truck series and everything and all Toyota, you know, I, I don't think the relationship's done yet. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you are right. right. So that takes care of NASCAR this week. That's going to bring us into this week's Jeremy Zarfos photo of the week. Uh, lots to choose from this week. He was at a bunch of races with us, um, but. Drum roll, please. I'm getting it going. We're there. We're on it. <laughs> is it there? Yeah. I can't, I, I can't see it. Sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. There it is. Anthony Macri winning probably so far the race of the year. I'm not saying that because we're biased here because we were there, but it was really a, a fantastic race uh, at Port Royal over Logan Wagner. Rats right there, right behind Victory Lane, coming out in the confetti and everything. Great shot by Jeremy. Uh, fantastic work by him, you know. Uh, go check him out. Go to turn2terribles.com and, and check out the links to his page. Does great work week in, week out. Uh, if you want to see a lot from this past week, he's he's been putting them up and, and spitting that fire. But that's going to lead us into Anthony Macri here. He's basically going to take up 
He's basically right, talking dirt right now, man. That pitcher right there, you could play it all but one time. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I'm gonna just leave this up while we do this whole segment. We'll just leave Might this as well up. because he won four out of five races this past week in PA against really great national competition. Uh, this he's eight race wins this year, and he he's won what is it seven out of the last eight? Yeah, he's just. Absolute beast, and you know he got a little. So well, let's start Wednesday. Wednesday at Bridgeport, not an all-star show, but there were all-stars there. Um, you know Bridgeport's trying to get that track going, doing a good job. Had a lot of the posse there, good car count. Uh, Brent Marks leads pretty much that entire race, breaks on the last lap, and you know. Some people are going to say that he backed into a win, and he did to an extent, but he earned it. <laughs> this guy, right. you got to be close enough. The... What's that? He, he said he you got to be close, close enough anyway. And he was close that, enough to run over him when he broke. He ran so. into the back of Brent Marks, did a full 360, kept the throttle going to keep his position when the, thr- when the caution came out. That's what helped him get the win. So he just didn't like, oh, there's a caution. I'm going to just restart with one lap to go in the lead. Nah, he had to avoid a wreck and keep that going, which isn't easy to do. So that started off the week. And they said Brent Marks, um, actually Jeremy Zarfos told us it was the whole rear end broke. Yeah. So that's bad luck. Broke right on the lap. Just shitty luck. Incredibly bad luck. He's been so fast. Him, him, Brent Marks and Anthony Macri are holding the posse to a standard right now. Um, It's great. To see, you know, some, po- like some you know, Brent Marks out of the out. Yeah, Brent Marks stepping off the porch, going down to Texas, winning against the World of Outlaws on the tough field. You know, it's not that they're just winning in PA. You know, they're they're getting out and they're doing against not uh, competition nationally. Now Macri hasn't yet, but I think he will be pretty here, pretty much here soon. And he beat the national competition that came in this week, Thursday night. Bloom. I mean, Bloomsburg, Chris, you came out. This track's no more than 10 minutes from my house. Uh, first 410 race ever there. It's just a second season of, of this track. Um, All-Star Circuit of Champions. Yeah, all the he- all all the heavy hitters there coming out. Tyler Courtney and Alex Austin Bowman. Pack and Deb Wise and Parker Price Miller and, and some really, really great teams came in and the nascar teams nascar bell. teams we had alex bowman there we had christopher bell there um thank you for your mind they were also there on wednesday night um when at bridgeport um man Blo- shout out to bloomsburg i mean i'll say so jimmy i know you're bloomsburg to you is what williams grove is to me so i'll talk now because uh, <laughs> you're just gonna be here you know just seeping the life out of it but so we were concerned it was really cool drive up there for me um going up the, the kind of jimmy's stomping grounds and, and seeing it um the track was i mean it was unique i mean the covered grandstands and everything like that um completely different than what i'm used to i haven't had anything like that since i guess when i went to bedford a long time ago um but there was a lot of concerns even from like jimmy you you and some other guys were concerned about how wet the track was it had kind of been dreary lit in the morning that day and some rain uh yeah, there was reports more rain than we expected that day reports of like uh some of the drivers were saying they could put almost like six inches of a screwdriver into it so it was like really saturated saturated um 
but it turned into be pretty much a really great surface. They were three wide for the lead a few times. Like they put on a show um, for sure. Definitely want to go back there for something. I know all starts back in August, but I'm definitely going back as soon as, as soon as I can. And they get the world of outlaw eight models here in a couple weeks. Not uh, that though. Some son of a bitch if they're going to make me go watch a late model race, but they're probably going to because the track was great. There's some improvements that could still be made. Don't get me wrong. It's not a perfect track yet, but it's so different from any track that's here in PA. Um, the closest thing you might have to it is between Lincoln and Grandview, but they are... It, you have two such different corners there, I think is what makes it so unique. You have one and two that's so tight. A lot more banking. You basically just diamond that shit. You just, you know. And then you have three and four. That's such a long, sweeping, flat corner, which I, my personal opinion, and you heard some other drivers say it um, over the past little bit, is if they add a little banking to four, it'll make it a lot more racier. And I, I agree. They do have more clay there. Uh, they bought it in the off season. They only got maybe like a third to maybe half of it down. So I think the plan is to add a little more banking because it did look like they added a little bit from last year. But because of the way the weather's been, they haven't been able to properly get it all down. So I think if they can get that in there, uh, you're going to see even better track. But it was great racing. Um, You know, lap traffic just played a huge factor. Um, At one point in time, Scott Buguski was leading early. Um, being chased by Macri and Bill Baylog. And you also had Tyler Courtney and I believe Parker Price Miller and Justin Peck. They're basically three by three (laughs) (laughs) on a track that's pretty tight, but it was so racy. And uh, Boguski, unfortunately, got into the wall in one and two, which that's the trouble area for everybody. And um, But after that, it was Macri just got around Baylog and got through lap traffic and, and did Macri things, man. It's just, you know, let, let this be known. All these, um, all these wins by Macri. It's not like he's just starting on the pole and checking out. He is driving from a couple positions back, getting through traffic, making moves. Other guys are not willing to make and going out and getting these wins. And I think that's what's been so fun to watch with him. He, he's been known to do that, but he's also been known to take those chances with those moves and completely eat shit and take himself out of races. And this year, it seems like something's clicking where he has enough experience now. He's not drunk in his shit. You know, he's, ma- he's making those ballsy moves, but it's much more calculated. And, um, you know, shouts out to that whole crew too, because, you know, you have to have a good car underneath you in order to feel confident in making some of these moves. That's my question for you, uh, Dirt guys. Like, Steel City Demon in chat said, man swept last two at Port Grove, Bridgeport, Bloom, and Sung's Grove. The variety of tracks is insane. So when somebody like this, when he gets on a hot run like this, I mean, is it is it he's just hot, or is he, like, nailed a setup? Because it is, you know, a variety of tracks. Is I mean... Yeah. I mean, Williams Grove and Port Royal, yeah, they're... they're, they're the same size, but, but they're total so opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of track. You know, you he's going to flat tracks, he's going to bank tracks. You know, I think the, the cool part it wasn't that long ago where everyone was saying Anthony Macri couldn't win on a bull ring, where he was just a half track, or he couldn't win a guy, couldn't win at Williams Grove, couldn't 
he couldn't do anything. He'd go to Port Royal and be really fast. He'd win like four out of five there, or he'd break. Mm-hmm. Um, Sealand's growth, same thing, but he couldn't go to even Lincoln to compete. He's worked on his game enough, going on the road a bit over the last couple of years. He's kind of figured it out. Um, I think that I think it speaks to his his hard work or tired doping, Jeremy. Or tired doping, like Jeremy Zarfo said. You know, he does have, you know, and it's we had a little bit of this conversation this past weekend. I, I had it with George yesterday at Sealands Grove when we were waiting in between races. How what what does Macri do? Does he stick to like the Brett Marks plan and just goes true outlaw? Does he and George was making the argument, you know, why leave PA at all? This man just won seven out of the last eight races and made thirty-eight thousand dollars in winnings. Not counting like fast time awards or anything like that, those couple extra couple hundred bucks. He won thirty-eight thousand dollars in basically two and a half weeks. Just running locally, not running within two hours of his home. That's pretty wild. I mean, it's you don't get that much other places in the country, especially in the dirt world. Um, it's you know, if you're dominating, why would you want to look to leave? But I think he's such a young kid. You have a good car. You know, you maybe he gets a ride or something somewhere else to go right. out on the outlaws or something. But I know he's gotten cozy with. I mean, you see the Macri Concrete logo on. Kyle Larson's car. You have uh he's been pretty cozy with Casey Kane, you know, at, at times there. So uh you never know. He might you he's definitely one of the future drivers and I'm and you know whether he sticks in PA, I I, I hope he sticks in PA because I want to see the posse stay strong, but you know I don't I think I, I, I'd like to see PA guys out there. I'm a big right. Cross fan. I'd like to see PA guys out there on, on the road as well. And here's the, the good thing. Like, if they go out, like, say Brock comes off the road, he's going to come back and be just as good as Macri is right now. And, and look, Brent went out on the road. Brent Marks went on the road for, what, two full animal seasons or one? And then look how much better he's been since back. Like, yep. when he's, he's ready to play now, <laughs> when he went out there, he would win, but it wasn't as – Often as it now, when he rolls up, he's one of the favorites. I um, think Brent, Brent's big reason for coming back home and running more of his schedule is because of family. Right. Know? So it depends on what they got going on in their lives. Because, I mean, and like, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, with someone like Macri, where he's young enough, he doesn't have a wife or kids or anything like that. Like, he's primed to go out on the road here soon. I mean, he went to Knoxville last year. He ran pretty well. He's, he's gone out a little bit here and there. Uh, like Steel Steel City Demon here says, for what he's doing at only 22, it's impressive as hell. When was the last time there was a standout PA driver this young? Probably Logan but, Schuhart, and he wasn't even really racing in PA that much. It's just, right. you know, he basically went right out on the All Star Tour. Well, I mean, here's a question for me that I, you know, I don't know. So, I mean, with the rise of Larson and what he's done in the Cup Series, and you know, how far, how many steps removed is? Macri from something like that, being being this dominant. Oh, from like winning as many sprint car races as Larson did, or you mean like going to NASCAR? I mean, well, getting like, getting a chance at a ride in a truck series, like, a, or like, like what Buddy Kofoid's doing right now. Right, I would right. say he's probably fairly far off because Buddy's. Yeah, he he's. I don't Not know one. Long, I don't know so. if he. I don't know if he you wants it either. But yeah, you never know. Brian Brown was in what a truck last year. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, these he's, NASCAR he's teams, Brian Brown. they've paid attention to what happened. They've paid attention to Larson. I mean, they're looking for every other, every team out there is looking for another Larson. Yeah, so, true. I don't, I, I think he's maybe a little bit older. I know right. They, Gio, Gio Selzy's the yeah, guy. Like, Gio was doing it. Buddy is there. I mean, those kids, I mean, they're 16, 17, 18. 21. Right, they, but they were in the system, like the Toyota system, like for years now, running right. some kind of stock car or something. Um, I don't know I don't if Macri has an, enough backing to be able to do something like that. Have that much money to go? But I don't, I don't rule it out. Um, but I, I think more what I look at with Macri is. Uh, is going out on the outlaw tour, but maybe he goes all stars next year. I th- I think if I were him, if I was going to do it, I would just go straight outlaws. Right, if you're going to do it, it costs. He has enough good. That I think the, the the big question is Jimmy Shuttlesworth. You know, uh, he was Brock's crew chief. I mean, he's a you know great crew chief. He's worked with a lot of guys. He was Brock's crew chief when he won at Port Royal. He he ripped off a similar, pretty not as good as Macri, but he ripped off a pretty good tear the year that he was at Port Royal, and and won that title. I mean, he won like four or five in a row at Port Royal and was running really well that year. And then, I don't think he wants to necessarily travel, so I think Macri needs to find either another team to go to where he has a crew that will go out on the road, or or I don't know. I don't know the whole situation there, but um, we'll see. I, I, it has to be looked at. You know, I, 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 Donnie shots ain't getting any younger. Ooh. Hot take. I don't know about that, but maybe shit. <laughs> I can see, I could see him go at the, honestly, I could see him going to that nine Casey Kane car. I, they were sharing haulers last year at one point and, and stuff when they were traveling out. So that's why I, that's why I keep bringing that up. Cause I, I could see him going there and he's fast enough and, and get to get put in, Good equipment immediately would be crazy. Um, but that's all long, speculation. Long if he doesn't go Cody Darrow on it and just disappear after getting a Casey Kane ride. And maybe that that might give Casey maybe a little cold feet because another guy from PA who was really, really fast when he was young and all of a sudden just fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> Never been heard from again. <laughs> um so Bloomsburg, any other thoughts from Bloomsburg, Chris? I, uh, we had a great time there. Yeah. Great. But found Alex Bowman. Yes, yes. Found some dogs. <laughs> found Christopher Bell. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah, is that Christopher Bell struggled all night? That's the race you uh, appeared on Flow. That was when Jimmy was on yeah, Flow racing. I was on Flow the first time. The national anthem. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. I recommend going right on the fairgrounds there. Like it's a little confusing getting in for those first timers from out of town. Um. And then yeah, did a little bit of a better job. Like their signs, um, I think, were pointing the wrong direction. I almost drove right into the pits. Yeah. That would have been cool. Not it looked really, like... I but... wondered that. So it looked like... Like, the pits were, like, way lower than the racetrack. And it looked like yes. the racetrack was, like, up on a knob. And then everything else was below it. So, just a little insight. I've been going to these fairgrounds since I was, like, three years old. I've always gone to the Bloomsburg Fair every year. Um, This... This track was built on top of a, um, I guess it's almost a mile horse track. Uh, they actually, NASCAR Cup Series ran a race at this track back in the late 50s, early 60s. He ran one race there. 
Um, I believe Richard Petty won it. And so they have history at the fairgrounds. They used to run midgets there. They used to run all sorts of shit there. Um, so they took dirt and they put it in the inside of the dirt track. So you still have most of the uh, horse track there. Um, and that's kind of where you see a lot of these, like where Victory Lane is, that's the horse track. Um, and then on the outside where they have the pitch is actually like when they have the fair, it's like where all the carnival rides and shit are. So it is kind of lower. It kind of goes down a little bit, but because it's you basically the way the dirt track is, it's a track on top of a track is what I'm trying to get at. So it's the fairgrounds are massive. Like basically what you saw, Chris, was just that's only half the fairgrounds. You have all, right. so much parking out there. All these buildings that are in the backside that you didn't even get to see. The fairgrounds are massive there. It's one of the biggest in the state. And it was a great move for them to bring a track in because outside of the town not being so happy about it at times, um, it's a perfect spot. It's near the interstate. There's a lot of stuff there. Easy in, easy out, really. Um, so much space for anything. I mean, those pits just went back. There's so much more room for more cars if they wanted to. So they've done a really, really great job. Um, and one thing, so it's been a struggle here with the town because of the dirt and the noise. Cause you, as if you were watching it, Josh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's houses right on the back, back street. Yeah. There's an alley right there, basically where the cars are getting pushed in and people live right there. Um, they gave, they went around to the neighborhood, the immediate neighborhood, and they went out and four free tickets to every house out there and encouraged people to come out. And one of my coworkers said her husband took the tickets and said it was one of the best races he's ever been to. That's cool. And that's, that, that, that's exactly what they need to do. You got to get the town involved, give them yep. free season tickets, let them go into every race. Yeah. As long as it keeps them from being unhappy about the noise at night. And and the dirt, you know, the dust gets kind of bad, and they could figure out other ways to combat that in the, in the future. But it was really really positive. It was their biggest crowd. Everybody was happy, um, and I was super excited for it. Um, Friday night, Williams Grove, Chris, Brett Marks, the only other Brett winner this past week. Brett um, Marks beats Lance Deweese. Beat beating Lance Deweese. Um, it was a decent race. It wasn't too bad. Some of the all-star guys ran pretty well, but it was mostly, again, PA guys, just strong arm. Yeah, 40, 41 cars. Um, the track stayed typical Williams Grove, one groove, not a lot of passing, um, one division. Um, Brent, Brent Mark started on the pole, Lance Louise second. So this kind of kind of went. That track, I think it's better as it slicks off and we get to the warmer months here. It helps it. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, it's just going to kind of be that way. It's real technical and not a lot of. It's not going to be your wall banger like like Port Royal ended up being. No, no. But it it did. Uh, they kept saying uh, in the beginning of the night it had character. There was some bad. There was a rut going into in three and going into three. But um, you know, it it did. It widened out and made it kind of racy. You know, not as racy it could be in the middle of the summer, but. It was. It's better than it has been in years past. I mean, it's kind of one of the smoothest services. You won't wear tires out. I don't think. Right. I'm not not an expert. <laughs> so Friday, Williams Grove, Brent, Brent Marks. Congratulations to him. Then we go to Saturday, Port Royal. And, and all hell broke loose. <laughs> all hell broke loose, man. This, this race had it all. 
well, maybe not all, but it was just great battle for. I mean, so Anthony Macri with another win again over Logan Wagner. These two guys earlier in the year, Logan Wagner went after Anthony Macri. Macri turned him, uh, coming out of turn four, one race, uh, and Anthony and Logan went right into his cockpit during the red flag. Started, started kicking his ass, trying to. to kick his ass. And um, I didn't realize that they, was Macri. I watched that race. I remember they that. Both, yeah. I didn't Man, realize they that both, was... They both left their helmets on and everything. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> they, they, uh, that the, so it sparked a rivalry. They ended up turning the rivalry into something really positive. They ended up uh, selling, were they selling shirts or something like that? Where they're giving proceeds to a charity for a, a sick young girl. Um, so they turned it into a positive. Um, the most positive thing, though, has been the racing on the track between these two. I mean, every week, those two guys are just battling it out, and it was no different. The All-Stars had nothing for these guys, um, and just great. I mean, they caught lap traffic. They were back and forth, and then there was a caution with about five to go, and they were just out in a league of their own. Uh, the one, and when I say when Anthony Macri is willing to make the moves, no other guys would. The one time when now Logan gave him room, gave him a lane, he gave and a him quarter, three quarters oh. of a lane. <laughs> <laughs> but Macri took the outside and basically just drove right around. Two him wheels right. up on the guard uh, on the fence and, and drove around him. Just great racing. It was so much fun to watch. I was I was hype. Uh, I was really happy because uh, Lance. Ended up taking third. He charged back. So it was an all posse top three. Um, really great, really, really great race. Um, and then Sealand's Grove on Sunday. Uh, I went to that. A little, a little concerning. Um, kind of knew that we wouldn't get that many cars. I was hoping to get at least, you know, 24 cars there. Um. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's only 15 cars there, uh, for the four tens. And um, man, I don't know. It's the tire issue. Um, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit more after we take a break. But uh, Anthony Macri once again, only 15 cars there. It didn't matter because. All the cars there were pretty much quality. They were all you had. You still had the heavy hitters in PA. You had Macri. You had Marks. You had Danny Dietrich. You had Lucas Wolf, uh, Chase Deitch, Dylan Norris. Um, I can't remember who else. There was a couple others. Um, Ethan Stutz made his 410 debut. Didn't do so hot. Cool to see another car out there though. But uh, even though there was only 15 cars out there. Um, he ran. It was it was Brett Marks and and Anthony Macri once they got going, out in the league of their. Oh, Freddie Raymer was there. Freddie Raymer looked pretty strong for a while, uh, which was good to see. And and Devin Borden was also there. But um, Macri just ran them down, and they got they did get to some lap traffic, helped Macri a little bit, but Macri was just faster than him. Uh, after about ten laps, you could just see him close the gap, close the gap, close the gap, close the gap, and got around him and ran out with it, and it was just. It's just one of those things where I'm standing there watching him just shaking my head. It's just like, what can you say about this guy? I mean, he's just on a tear really, really fast. Um, but we're going to we're gonna take a break here. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about 
the reason why there is only 15 cars there at Sealands Grove and some other things. Um, it's the tire shortage, and it's becoming a real issue in the dirt world. We're going to talk about that a little bit and some more. NSRL, World of Outlaws. I'm going to take a quick break here. Right here, turn two terribles. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys, thank you for sticking with us. We are back. Like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about this tire shortage here in, in the dirt world here. Um, you know, obviously, COVID and material shortages around the world have put a stranglehold on a lot, not just the racing world, but all over. But it's uh, it's really starting to take a toll um, on sprint car racing for sure. Um so the All Star Circuit. So uh, I know. So Thursday, Danny Dietrich didn't show up to Bloomsburg, um, and one of his reasonings was because of tire shortages. I can't blame anybody for that right now. A lot of guys not running certain races um, because of it. Uh, a lot of guys did not make the trip to Seatlands Grove because of it. All Stars also canceled their race this upcoming week at Bedford already, citing tire shortages trying to maintain their inventory and rescheduling races for later in the year. Um, I know one thing when, when I said there was only 15 cars at Seasons Grove on Sunday, like Jeremy Zarfo said they should have canceled this race or, or postponed it until the things were, which is fair, but they already lost one race hard to reschedule some of that, some of that, especially when they're banking on these couple four ten shows a year. Um, Bloomsburg, also canceled a um, USAC East Coast race, and they got with the USAC East Coast got with the teams. Said, "Hey, let's let's push some of these dates because we don't have tires. Um, there's a big tire shortage. One thing is because there's kind of a stranglehold on most of these series. You can only use Hoosier because uh, of the way they sponsor, and they have like a monopoly over it." And since they have a shortage, everybody has a shortage, you know? So uh, there's been a lot of talks about opening up the tire rule, um, maybe letting, not just buying from another manufacturer, which I don't know how many other, you know, you got American Racer, but you really don't have too many others that you could have many other options. So even if you do, um, I don't know if that helps the situation if you open it up so you could buy more than just Hoosier. Uh, a lot of I see some people talking about um, letting them doctor the tires, let them take some of their old inventory and and doctor them up so they can use them, you know, uh, which isn't a bad idea. I mean, it, it it gets to a point here where you guys you have like I said, you have a track like Sealands Grove who only has. They really bank on these 410 races. They have other racing, but they really bank on... They have like seven scheduled all season. They really bank on it. And for them, they already had one rained out. They had to cancel. And then this one where they only have 15 on a beautiful... It was a beautiful, picture-perfect Sunday. It's 80 degrees, sunny. Uh, it only got down to like maybe like 58 degrees at night. It was early enough, 6 o'clock Sunday. I mean, I was out of there by 9. It was great. And they had a lot of fans there. There were a lot of fans there, but only 15 cars. You're going to have some fans think twice about it. Um, it's concerning. It's definitely concerning. And 
um, you know, we're talking about it here in the sprint car world right now, but it's going to hit every form of, especially grassroots racing, grassroots as NASCAR would talk, call it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, we, we know they was talking about part shortages and stuff like that for cup series. Um, I don't know. It's, it's concerning. Right. Right. So here's the thing we have in PA alone looking ahead. We just had, if you count Bridgeport, what five straight nights of racing. Yes. So it makes sense for someone not to show up. But now if you're looking, this week's kind of a, eh, at most you could do three nights, Williams Grove, either Port or Lincoln, and, and Baston was way on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I don't think teams are going to go do that, especially if you're looking ahead to the week after. You have the Outlaws coming in, which pays a big purse. So you're going to want to save tires for that. And it's not that far down the track. You have the Wiker Memorial coming for Port Royal. That's two nights back-to-back, plus Williams Grove Friday. It starts so, at what point do we start losing local shows? Um, We're like, already Williams, I'm talking like when Wieners Grove starts canceling a weekly show because, uh, well, like that's kind of extreme, but I could see it. If, if, no, if Wieners Grove is going to roll in this Friday, do they get more than 16 cars? There was nights last year they had 16 cars. Like, I, don't I mean, think they have to worry about that too much. I think the bigger tracks, Lincoln, Port, Williams Grove, aren't going to have too much to worry about. Yeah, they might get maybe only 20 cars here and there. I don't think they have to worry about it. it's the smaller tracks that they really got to worry. The BAPS, the Sealands Grove, the right. Grandviews, the ones without even Bloomsburg, funds. those tracks are the ones that really got to worry because they only bank on a couple of these 410 shows a year to really help them out. And if guys, if teams aren't going to come because they don't have a tire inventory, you know, it's really going to hurt the tracks in the long run. Austin, Austin Griffey in chat said it's already hitting the micro scene hard. Yeah, it's not just sprint cars. We're talking mostly sprint cars because we're seeing it, but it, it's all over. Uh, it, it it really is, and um, the fact that there is a tire rule put in place where you can only get one brand of tire in some of these series, but there there's even series out there where um, you can use whatever tire you want, and people just use whatever inventory you can get, but uh, it, it's still not ideal you know it's and then you said even and to compound that issue of your sealants grove you said that track was dusty and dry mm-hmm. and abrasive if you're running low on tires why would you want to go to a place like that right so and that's now not helping their situation that. teams are going to look at that unless you have the, the, the reason why sealants grove got as many cars as they did why they got some of these teams is one i think partly is they do have a track title and there's only like six races so you can make an extra five grand if you run well Two, it was almost $20,000 in purse money. You know, it was a $5,000 to win race, and there was mo- money for fast time. It was, nine, it was like nine, it was like 19 two or something that they gave out throughout the field. Now, I don't know if they gave that full out since they didn't have a full field, but, I mean, I'm sure Sealands Grove kept their word. They had a good crowd there. There's no reason to, to short, I would hope, there's no reason to short the team's Purse money because they did show up, right? They did show up because they did bring fans out. Even though, you know, like I said, they had quality cars there. It wasn't like they had nobody there. They had the best cars in PA, maybe with the exception of like a Lance DeWeese, um, show up. But like guys like like Dylan Sisney, who would normally run there, uh, Logan Wagner didn't run there. Um, there was a couple. There was a few that didn't show up that. Last year, we're showing up to Sealands Grove, and it was mostly because of the tires. And also, I get it's a little early in the year to maybe run 
five nights in a row. That can be grueling on any team, especially if you're part, right. you know, you're not, these are all just weekend warrior guys that go out and do this for, as a hobby on the weekend. They're not full-time racers, which is another reason why I saw the heavy hitters at Zealand's Grove because they can afford to do it, but, and they're focusing on it. But, you know, I think something, I, I think something too is we're going to get in the world of outlaws briefly here. You know, they had iffy weather and they're canceling days ahead of time. And I wonder if the tire shortage is part of that. They're not going Maybe. right out and saying it because they're Hoosier's best buddy. But uh, they're taking time. every opportunity they can to get ahead of it, to save the team's money, whether it be fuel costs, which I'm sure the teams, are, I mean, probably appreciate not having to make a tow somewhere. If for, and it, even a 50-50 chance, I don't know. I mean, right. sucks Which, for the fan there, but it's a business. So That's part of it, but I know Brock Zierfoss was going off on Twitter a little bit. Not going off, but he was pretty frustrated because he's like, there's at least one show a week that is getting canceled now for the past like two months. Like it's right. They've had one. And yeah, you can't fight weather, but they're canceling these two, three days in advance, which again, like you're saying, it helps the fuel cost. It saves but a lot with this cost. Like to However, your point. Is it just so money if they don't show up to the track and they don't run? Right. And to your point, if there's, it's almost like if they have a, a reason to cancel it, to say you're tired, they're taking it and they're doing it so early that it can't be undone. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe some like a word of advice to the world of outlaws stop going to these tracks that you can't trust. I, I think some of them are just like these tracks that barely run sprint cars. Sprint cars that they're canceling, you know, because they're going to have saturated grounds and they're going to, and I get it, you know, you can't, fight the weather but maybe go to some try to schedule more around these tracks that you know are a little more concrete they know what they're doing you know what i mean like a port royal a lincoln yeah come to pa more (laughs) but no but no i mean it's i don't know you know it's i I think that's part of it but the weather it it hasn't been good luck for i don't think they're making a terrible decision when they cancel these races but there is going to have to be a point where it's like something's got to give here because if they do have to keep canceling it, you know, how long can you use weather as an excuse when it gets to the nice summer months here and you're like, mm, looks like some drizzle in three days. Should probably cancel it because we're not going to have a tire inventory. Maybe maybe they just called up Williams Grove and asked what they did the last four years and then take that advice. <laughs> I think I think it sounds like Chris needs to sell that tire in his background. Go buy a new car or something. There. I was say that's a that's like having an oil rig in your back background. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough out there right now, but it's these bigger teams have a tire inventory. Uh, they they're not they're just playing to where they want to race. I mean they're you know yeah, and you know they're gonna complain like I don't want to say it. I don't want to bag on Danny Dietrich. Yeah, you do, but. I will say this for a guy who was complaining about tires. You saw, I saw Anthony Macri, Danny Dietrich, I believe Brent Marks, a couple other teams. And this is probably, this is probably a normal thing, but I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. They went out did two hot laps. They came in to the middle pits because they were going to go out for time trials and changed every tire, changed all their rear tires to brand new tires. Okay, sure, they probably hot-lapped on old tires, wanted to put a new tire, but don't tell me you don't have an inventory when you're doing that. Right. But I feel, I feel I'm feel i not trying to... 
I'm just trying to look at the other side of the coin. There's probably here. ways they could be a little bit more flexible on it and just be like, well, we don't have tires, can't run. Yeah, and, and I do think, you know, they could. I think some people are maybe using it as an easy way out, but, I mean, there's no reason for them to not want to race either. So I, I, I get the pain, but at the same time, like, how much are you really struggling when you're doing that? You use probably three sets of tires all night. You know, when there's guys out there that are running the same set three nights in a row, maybe, you know, so yep. I don't know. I remember Kyle Larson saying a couple years ago, now this is Kyle Larson, but, you know, he won a race and he's like, yeah, this, this right rear tire, we've been, it's like two years old. We ran like 15 races on it, you know, cause that's what Silva does, you know, and, you know. I never heard that it, one. But yeah, I heard there were like two. I heard I do know there's a couple where they like two or three nights on a tire mm-hmm. because they they don't. Everyone thinks that that's a big money. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of money in it, but that's not a NASCAR money sprint car team that still was running there. Right. Everyone so, has that. They think, oh, Larson's there. That's the best team out there. It's like, well, no. I mean, it, best crew chief maybe. It's definitely an obstacle that these teams have to get around, and it's a struggle. It makes it harder. But again, it's that's I can, why the best thing to persevere. I can guarantee you this: that whenever that series goes to sign another tire contract, it'll it'll probably be in there that hey, if you can't provide them for us, we're gonna open it up. Is it there... should already be in the contract, right? Uh, I but, feel like. But I mean, uh, the Dakota Coon have... made Sorry. a good point. The Dakota Coon made a good point earlier. Obviously, working a crew guy for Jordan Gibbler. How many teams would switch? I mean, every tire feels different, and it, and tire war. We don't want a tire war, so you can't open it all the way up. But you can maybe change the compounds, maybe make them last longer, which is like they they do right. for NASCAR. We complain about it. So do we want mm-hmm. that? We don't know. We don't know. We're just fans. But they, there's other options. Maybe not just have one compound a tire or two compounds. Open it up to more compounds. Maybe that helps. I don't know. Yeah, but something's got to be different. Obviously, yeah. in case. Oh, yeah. I think I mean canceling races doesn't help anybody. I mean they no. get yeah promoters get screwed, right? The series get screwed because their sponsor dollars probably tied to certain X amount of races. Um, fans get pissed off, and yeah. eventually they're gonna be like, "All right, well, this one time the Outlaws did this thing, or Williams Grove or Babs or whoever it is did this thing that pissed me off. Now I'm not gonna go there anymore." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, we can see it with fans that are just kind of more casual that. Don't understand what's going on as much, and you know they show up to see them. Scrubber like I paid twenty five bucks to see fifteen cars. Right. You know, it was a good race. I'm not complaining because I I'm I you know, but if I would have drove two hours for that, I would have been pissed. You know, so I can see it. I wouldn't have been. It's it's yeah, not I and mean... there's not. I don't think there's an uh, there's a lot of conversation. Well, it's an easy fix. Just do this. I don't think just there's just one easy fixer. Would right, be that opens another can of worms. Yes, and... it's just, there's a lot. It's just, it's something that the industry together is going to have to fight through. And like I said, it's not just sprint car racing. It's through all forms of racing right now. The only ones that are probably okay are probably like the like NASCAR and stuff like right. that. Right. I'm sure they have their shortage. They have well. a part shortage. I mean, that was mentioned this week at, mm-hmm. in one of the series that they're, oh, it was when uh, they ran the Coda car, Ross Chastain, the Coda car. I mean, they're, there is a part shortage, and they are reusing a lot of cars. Because I mean, absolutely, there a shortage is affecting. I think cross the board racing. I think it's a good thing, though. I think the more we recycle stuff here right. in general, it's right sizing. 
it's saving yes. the teams money in the long run. They, yes, the thing is, if you have tires that wouldn't wear out as much for a sprint car, that would save teams a shit ton of money. Helps so, the, helps the smaller teams be competitive too, because they don't have the you know like I'm thinking NASCAR. They don't have the resources. Their stuff. Right, right. You know? Now everyone it puts else everybody on it, their hey, level. Now you know how we feel, bud. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Not to get political about it, but you know, I do think with COVID and all this, it really showed that we need to start making more shit here in the states and be a little more prepared and keep things here. And maybe we wouldn't have this problem, but there's a lot of problems to fix. So it's not just racing world; it's it's all over. So it's it's tough. So all right, uh, going into World of Outlaws here, just real quick. Carson Macedo won at Tri City, uh, Tri State Speedway the night before. Got Shocker canceled, uh, I think a day or two before the race. Um, so really, just the one World of Outlaws race this week. Carson Macedo with a win. It was an exciting race. I think uh, Brad Sweet and Sheldon Hodgefield were also on the podium. Jay's McFadden was up there. There's a lot of lap traffic. It was a fun race to watch. Um, Carson Macedo has been very, very good. He's been one of the best. I think he's leading the points right now, and uh, he's been very strong. He's won three in a row. So. Um, good for him. I mean that that team's strong right now, and I think it's a matter of time before it's Brad Sweech te- tears a couple apart. You know, tears right off, and um, you know, Donnie Shots has been lurking back there, and he's been running decent, and um, Shelton Hanshield's been very strong too. It's you know any one of these drivers that I think the World of Outlaws right now, the best it's been in years where it's six or seven drivers that not could just win one race, but they can get really hot and win a bunch right in a row. So that'll take care of dirt this week. Let's get an NSR out a little bit, just real quick. We did crown a champion at Phoenix. Name's Josh Susie. He's been one of the most dominant drivers and most consistent drivers all season. Um, he dominated this race. Yep. Uh, Josh, you're pretty fast. Did you finish third? Third. Yeah. Congratulations to you. Yeah, thank you. Um, Hats off to Susie, man. I mean, I'm glad the season finished the way it did, finished the way it should have finished, I think, because Susie dominated and was yep. consistent. You know, there was I was finished third. There was people faster than me that just weren't as consistent. And, you know, I, I it, it put a good stamp on the finish of the season with Susie yeah. going out like that. Absolutely. Uh, Landon... Lacey had a little bit of an issue in the earlier in the race, and that kind of got Dylan Clark, uh, put him a couple laps down. He basically wrecked his car, kind of took him out of it early, which was, you know, bummer Crazy. to see because he was one of the faster cars. Tyler Isley, he ran strong, um, just not strong. Like like we were saying, I don't Susie, know if anybody was going to beat I was I was right behind the Landon uh, Dylan Clark thing. I actually missed Clark when he was spinning. I there was a lot of smoke and stuff. I thought Landon had gotten to the wall, and about three laps after the restart, he blew. He just blew by me. He had already worked his way through the field and just blew by me. And I was on team chat. I was like, "Hell, I thought he wrecked three laps ago." <laughs> he just didn't. I mean, he had a little bit of damage, but he's still fast. I mean, just yeah, incredibly fast. Uh, excuse me. Isley and Sakosi are pretty much battling right there for being that second car. I'm kind of hoping for Susie to mess up, basically, at that point. <laughs> right. That's all you could really do. 
Isley um, had a great long run car. I, he, he, did. he had a really good long run car. Uh, he ran really, really strong. He ran strong all play. He ran strong all year. Had his ups and downs in the regular season, but in the playoffs, man, you know, outside of, you know, one or two races, he ran top three, top five yep. every race. Very, very strong car. Um, we're going to look more back on the season Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. We're going to have the awards banquet. We're going to be live streaming it. We're going to be the hosts. Um, <laughs> whether you're part of the league or not, tune on in. It's going to be a good time. Uh, we're going to, you know, give some roses out to the ones that deserve it. And then we're also going to poke some fun at ourselves. So um, I'm very excited for that. That's going to be a fun one. Just going to be, gonna be fun. It's going to be, a, you know, hanging out with friends. It's going to be a good time. The leagues went through some up and downs this year, but we have a great group um, between the admins and just the drivers and teams um, that I think it's going to be a really, really good time. And I'm really looking forward to next season. We're all finally teammates yeah. this year. Um, 35 yeah. drivers registered. We're getting closer to people missing the shows. Better get your work in, boys. Yeah. I was just yeah. say, I'm excited for next year. Um, this year was really good. This year was way more competitive than I even thought it was going to be. Didn't know what I was getting. But next year is going to be a whole different level. Some of these drivers that came in in the last half of the season that are going to run next season are really going to add more parity and and make it even tougher it's going to make everybody better i think more competition makes everybody else better especially when you have a good group like everybody and not everybody like set, sharing setups or anything like that but everybody's willing to help each other out a little bit here and there give each other space on the track and just kind of you know you know there's competition there but it's not like we want to see everybody fail so i'm really looking forward to next year like you said 35 drivers already signed up for a cup series there's also a Grand National Series, which would be the Xfinity cars, and a truck series. Yeah, the Grand National is nearing almost a full field, too. That's great. Uh, so they're going to have people going home, so there's no cap. The truck series, they're actually running a recruitment race tonight, um, yeah. trying to build it back up. They had kind of bad luck. Almost all the truck drivers went to Cup, So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we're doing this. So um, right. good for the Cup Series, but you know, I have to pull from somewhere. So. Yeah. Uh, so for anybody else that's out there interested, uh, nationalsimracing.com, they got a truck race, truck season starting up in three weeks uh, on Monday nights. The Grand National Series will be on Tuesday and the Cup Series will be on Wednesday. Um, check, check out either turn2terribles.com and link through there or go to nationalsimracing.com. Check out all the information there. Sign up if you're looking for an iRacing league to run any of those series. It's a really great uh, group group of people that uh you know keep it professional you know ish you know really do a good job of um giving you a good product for what you're racing for and um just having a good time with some great people i'm excited about it i'm gonna i think i'm gonna run the grand national series as well go represent oh, wow. you guys are busy on tuesdays yeah. and yeah i think i'm gonna go represent in the grand national series yeah tuesdays we got posse league i mean that's not something we're gonna miss. We uh, Break cars or die, bro. Yep. Yeah. Last Tuesday we did Williams Grove 360s and Lernerville 410s. This week we're doing, um, we're gonna run the All Star race at Williams Grove, and then we're doing street stocks at Lima Land. Which I have a feeling Posse after dark is just gonna turn into a street stock. <laughs> <laughs> but I wish I'm I'm fine with street stock and some other stuff. Posse after dark. 
The Turn 2 Terribles. Presented by The Turn 2 Terribles should definitely be a street stock series. I like that. We could talk And about put it that. on every terrible short track on iRacing. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the worst f- drivers in the Posse League driving the worst cars. On the worst, worst on the worst tracks. On the worst tracks. <laughs> and just make them all 100% slick, too. So it's the worst service. Yeah. 100% terrible. <laughs> Anybody in the chat agree to that? I think I think they'll all agree. They all agree. They don't get a vote. <laughs> um. So, yeah, check it out. Again, Ward's Banquet, Wednesday night, 8.30. Come check it out. Um, and we're going we're gonna to have some fun. Um. Let's preview next week a little bit before we get out of here. We got NASCAR. We got NASCAR Cup and Xfinity at Dover, which I personally love Dover. Um, maybe I'll think about actually going to the race. Maybe I could find a bus trip or something. I used to go bus trips there all the time. Um, I think they're going to put on a really good race, especially the uh, Cup Series. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see what this, you know, what what these teams bring for this. Short track package, shorter track package. I'm not gonna say short mm-hmm. track, but I mean I'm excited for it. Um, who do you guys? It's it's hard to say who do you think is a favorite, but Tyler Reddick's winning this race. You think? Yes. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know about that. I don't know if this. I'm, is I'm going all in on it. It's a bold driver's track. Send it. Very rough track. I'm going to teeter defense on two drivers. You're going to say Larson, aren't you? I'm going to say Larson, of course. He's been very good there. I'm also going to say Martin Truex Jr. I think he's pretty good there. Toyota's coming up a little bit. Hopefully they could carry some of that speed that they had this week. In the next week, he's good at the track. I could see him getting a win there. Dark Horse, Briscoe, or a Suarez. That's a, I like I like Briscoe. I, I like Briscoe. Um... I, my dark horse is probably Kislowski. Mm. I think Ooh. I think mm. this is a race where you know he can mm. come out of nowhere and you know run fairly right? well. This race is four hundred laps, right? Yeah. Or, they shorten this thing. Yeah. I swear to God. No, no four hundred laps. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I went to the last five hundred mile race. There it was the MBNA five hundred. Yeah, how'd that make you feel? We were there for six and a half hours. It started at twelve thirty. It didn't end until who uh 11. who won that race? I remember, man. I mean, Mark Martin, Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett were all running. That was what year was that? Fucking day. What year was that? Oh man, I was so young. I'm gonna go with Gordon. <laughs> it was Gordon. Let's go with Gordon. That's my guess. Gordon. I think I watched it on YouTube. Um. I don't know if that was the race or it was one of the races before where, because my dad was a big Kyle Petty fan and he was leading for a good, tra- the pitch, pitch strategy played out and he was in the 42 Coors Light car. And yeah. He was leading the race and my dad was going fucking buck wild. <laughs> Great. Peak <laughs> NASCAR. He, he, he had the pit. And there was no caution that came out. So he had the pit and he still had a good run though. It was. Well, so your dad might have been going buck wild because it was six and a half hours at the racetrack. <laughs> with you <laughs> as a small child. I was going to say, I'd have been. Yeah, it was. I think there was a red flag in there at one point. It was, it was, they, they shortened it the next year, which was probably for the best. 
Um, I went to I went I I went to probably about six or seven Dover races in my lifetime. I haven't been there though in probably ten years. I really like, would like to go back. Closest I think they, they I've ever been there. one date now, don't they? Right. The closest I've ever been was driving past it, going to the stupid Ocean City Beach. That place is. I mean, you think. You think it's basically a bigger Bristol. I know it doesn't have as much grandstand seating. It's not as Coliseum-y, but it's, I mean, you're sitting up in these grandstands on top of a, you know, this banking already. It's it's just awesome. Actually, last time I went, Tony Stewart won, and I had him in a pool on the bus, and I won a bunch of money. I was very young. All the people were on the bus were mad at me. That's funny. <laughs> Um, so going from there, World of Outlaws talking about Bristol. World of Outlaws go to Bristol this week. It's gonna, I think that's gonna be, uh, I think the way they redid the track this year with the banking and everything, I think it's gonna make for great racing. I'm excited about this one, I'm very excited uh, about that. You had the World of Outlaw late models and the World of Outlaw sprint cars doing double duty. Kyle Larson's already, uh, he's race, he's racing double duty, he's racing both. Um, so that should be cool to see. Our boy Anthony Macri is going there. I could see him really tearing it up really well there because um, it's a track very similar to Port. I mean, when you think about it, I know Port's not as big, but and maybe not as much banking. But it's definitely not as much banking. It's not as much banking, but it, it it's pretty similar. I mean, it's the most you similar. Probably drive it similar. To, yeah. Um, Brock Zirpas did really well there last year. A lot of guys who do well at Port did well there last year. So that's kind of my comparison. Brett Marks um, is going? Yes, no. I did not see. No, I saw Brett Marks was racing Lernerville because that's where All-Star Circuit of Champions are going this weekend. They're going to Lernerville and then Sharon Speedway, which is owned by uh, Dave Blaney, and then uh, Waynesfield on Sunday. They were going to race Bedford on Thursday, but another track that lost to date because of tires. Um, so when I saw his schedule, I thought it said Lernerville. Um, that's I why I was at, like, I was asking. I makes sense. I mean, Lernerville is probably more fun. Is is I'm, Bowman? I'm a little concerned. Bowman would be, I don't know, maybe race in Bristol. Yeah, because I saw he did on like a whole scheme on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and he had a he had a late model. He had a like he had and, a whole suite uh, of cars. So I'm, that, I was wonder... Briscoe. that was Briscoe, not Bowman. Was it Briscoe? Where he has a bunch of different. Yeah, he had a bunch yeah, of different. He's, he's not going to Bristol. He doesn't have any outlaw dates yet, I don't think. And by the way, uh, he ran his first race. He ran ASCS at Talladega uh, short track and won on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah I forgot about, yep. I forgot about oh. that. Um, Any concerns, Bristol? Jimmy, are you. Speed. Speed's always. I mean, it, it's definitely going it to be. very fast last year. I think they're going to break the record again this year because I think with the progressive banking that you're going to be able to have a fast line no matter how, no matter where the line is on the track, it's going to be fast. Obviously, the higher you get it, you're going to be a little bit slower, but it's going to be quick. I mean, I don't think it's going to slick off enough. Oh, well, maybe it will. I mean, it did kind of. In the late models there, I guess maybe. I think that's going to help. I think having a lot of different cars on there, heavier cars on there, to really blow the track off, and them also doing better track prep like they did for the truck race. I think. Maybe we'll make it racier, but I think when it gets hammered down like that, it, it it's really hard to pass. It's basically all about time trials, you know. So um, we'll see. You know, it's going to depend on weather. I didn't look at weather or anything yet, depending on 
if it's going to be rainy there and keep a lot of moisture in the track or, or what if it's dry if it gets dry slick i think you're going to have probably the best race you'll have there but um we'll see we'll see i i it's too fast i think you're gonna see some guys back out they did last year when they got to the track and saw how fast it was plus it was very bottom dominant last year so we'll see Cool. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Josh, you can watch it all on Flow Racing. Watch NASCAR. I'll be at Williams Grove is the plan. Potentially BAPS. I'm sitting my ass at home this weekend. Couch racer style. Couch all right. This year. I know some people are trying to get me out the port. Maybe I will, but if the weather's nice, maybe. Why not? Yeah. I, I say I'm, I'm going to just sit at home and then it's like 70 degrees in the morning on Saturday and I'm looking. I'm like, it's not that far. Support, man. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. plan. I plan on making up a lot of I rating this week on I racing because Talladega was not kind to me this year. So. <laughs> Dude, I only had four cautions in two open races. I had a rough, had rough week, and one was at one in the morning after Port Royal, and the cautions happened back to back. It was crazy. Hmm. What do you know? Yeah. Well. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I know we talked a lot of, about a lot here. Um, next week we'll we'll talk about the stuff that we just talked about here with Dover, Bristol. Bristol's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. Um, also, Wednesday night, check us out. NSRL uh, Awards Banquet. Going to be a fun time. Um, yeah, if not, we'll catch you right here next week, Monday, 8 o'clock, um, live right here. Turn two terribles. Check us out. Turn two terribles.com. Thank you to Jeremy Sarfos photography. Thank you uh, to the NSRL, to uh, RGI Media, all those guys that help us do what we do. So thank you guys for joining me. Yep. Thank uh, you guys. And don't forget the social media channels. We got to yes. get Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go find us. We got a TikToks too. We got a TikTok too. We're talking. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but we have one. We have it. Never used it. It's kind of like one of those expensive toys we get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys very much. Have a great week. See you next week.